Welcome to Tackless Radio. Before we get started, Tackless Radio will be dropping on Tuesdays. So I am committing myself to some consistency here. Yes, and I want you all to hold me accountable. So if you're listening to this podcast on a Tuesday, I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back because I did it, bitches. And if you're listening to this and it's not a Tuesday, just head to my DMs on Tackless underscore radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and get me all the way together. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) And the song that you just heard, that beautiful, sad song that you all heard was by an artist of the name Mariah the Scientist. I know a lot of the Millennials are like Mariah the Scientist. I know it's interesting. The kids are kind of doing this thing now where they are doing name the insert job. You have Chance the Rapper, Tyler the Creator, Meg the Stallion, Mariah the Scientist. And her music is so beautiful, but it's so fucking sad. Like this girl has been through like multiple toxic relationships, but damn, she's got great material to work with. It's, oh my Jesus, but she's an amazing artist that I found a couple months ago and I've been kind of going through a lot of her music and I decided that that song would be the song of the week because I would love to share her with the rest of you all when I find a good gem of a beautiful little diamond in the rough. I want to make sure that I share it with you all because there are some great artists out there and some great music out there. I hate when people are like, oh, music is shit. No, you're just not looking hard enough. So Mariah, the scientist, the song is called Always and Forever featuring Lil Baby. Uh, His little rap on there is cute, 
but I'm digging the vocals and the instruments and the production of the song as a whole and then her as an artist also her album cover art alone is one of the reasons why I started listening to a lot of her music it's so beautiful but so metaphoric like the album art is her happily smiling looking so overjoyed while there's an arrow through her fucking chest we've all been there you know with horrible relationships and horrible partners so if you're interested in finding like a modern day Mary J Blige (laughs) go ahead and head on over to whatever the fuck you listen to music on and type in Mariah the Scientist you will not be disappointed And with that, we're just going to go ahead and get on into the episode with Shit I Saw. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you all already know where this is going to Twitter, right? (laughs) And there is a tweet from at London Affair and the tweet goes, It must suck to pride yourself on not being a hoe and still have no pool. Then see hoes, air quotation, pool and live out all your fairy tale romance with the men you think you deserve more. And baby, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's go ahead and talk about it. This Puritan culture is really fucking a lot of y'all up. And it sucks that so many women feel this pressure to be married and to have children. And I appreciate that my generation, the generation of the millennials, are starting to understand that there are other things in life that fulfill you. It can be your career. It can be traveling. It can be an entrepreneurship it can be owning a business it can be having a child but not having a man tied down to any of that it can be whatever you actually want it to be it does not have to be what society tells you anymore we have a lot of choice in spaces and in places and in within laws that our grandmothers did not so we are taking full advantage of that and it is absolutely beautiful to see And you do have women who still want a very traditional lifestyle. And that's totally fine, too. You have women who still want to be mothers. Totally fine. You have women who want to be married. Totally fine. You got women who want to be at-home moms. That's totally fine. The point of it all is that you have a choice to decide what you want to be. You don't only have to be a mother and a housewife and someone who washes clothes all fucking day and cooks everybody goddamn meals. What's very interesting about all of this is the conversation around sexual liberation and how we are trying to have conversations about lifting the stigma of women who are comfortable with their sexuality or just being sexual beings. Because I don't understand why men put this bullshit as stereotype on women that we don't like sex and we're supposed to be pure and we're fucking lock and niggas dicks are the keys and all that churchy puritan patriarchal bullshit that women are pure and all of that 
people essentially are supposed to be pure. I think it's very hypocritical that men get to fucking wave their dicks around like flags, but women are supposed to be the ones that like keep it locked down. And my question to men would be, you all are the ones that want to fuck everything that's moving. Who do you all want to fuck? Women. But we're the ones that's not supposed to have sex. It's you all are so ridiculous in your stances sometimes that you all should just sit down. It hurts me to watch you all think through. Anywho, along with women becoming liberated in spaces where we were oppressed, we also are lifting the stigma in what our sexual needs are and we're being vocal about our sexual needs we are talking openly about our sexual needs about our anatomy which was this this like very mystic thing like you would have niggas in their 30s that still would think that the birth canal and the vagina and the urethra were all the same fucking thing because just fuck what (laughs) is going on in a woman's pants, right? It's all about what's going on in a man's pants. But we are now so much more comfortable about communicating our needs and our wants and going out and finding that. And in doing so, women and men pretty even in terms of desire When it comes to sex, like we're not repressed individuals. We like sex too. That stupid ass stereotype about like, oh, you're supposed to wait and da da da. I'm supposed to literally have sex with the same man who took my virginity. The conversation around women's purity was always at the top, but like men got to be heathens and dogs. But I'm supposed to be a virgin until marriage. And then the person who takes my virginity is the man that I have to be with for the rest of my life. He don't know what he's doing. Or at least he knows what he's doing, but he knows what he's doing to please himself. He has absolutely no idea how to please somebody else. And I'm so inexperienced. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing either. And then here I am going, I'm going to not enjoy sex if The person who took my virginity is the person I have to have sex with for the entirety of my career in this marriage because it's a fucking business. And that's the only person that's supposed to know how to please me, but I don't even know how to please myself. I've had no experience in this area. It feels like a chore. He's not even in it to please me. He just wants to please himself. Of course, women are going to be like, we don't like sex, but we never were positioned to explore what we liked. We were told not to be sexual. We were told to be pure. And if we were to be open and honest about our sexual needs, we were sluts and hoes and all of the names, right? And then now we are, to tell you the truth, honestly, now these days, women don't give a fuck. Women just really don't give a fuck. And I'm so happy for us. I'm so happy for us. But here's the thing about it. There are still women who do give a fuck. There are a lot of women in the church space that believe that because they are saving themselves for their husband and because they are pure or they don't do hoish activities, that they basically get to bump the cue in terms of receiving a hypothetical good man. Like hoes are supposed to get the bottom of the barrel men is what those women believe. Let's just keep it real, ladies. 
you all can be some judgmental ass bitches because you all believe that hoes don't deserve good things the same way men believe hoes don't deserve good things society believes that hoes don't deserve good things why because they're honest with their sexual desires and then they go out and they find people who can meet those sexual desires bullshit right but ladies this is what you all don't understand it does not matter the fact that you've been in the church and you're a virgin and you saved yourself or you're a good woman and you know how to cook and clean a house and da 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 that doesn't matter in terms of if you get married or if you find a good man before somebody else. What's for them is for them and what's for you is for you. And that's what I want all of you all to understand. Take yourself off of somebody else's timeline and put yourself on your timeline because everybody is in a different space because you got to live your life for you and your life is for you and everyone has a different life because we're all different. <laughs> But you judgmental ass bitches really think that because you don't have the popping pussy experiences and you don't go to Miami and turn up with your girls and you don't wear the slutty dresses and the high heels and you don't do makeup and you don't do all the extraness with your hair and you keep it natural and your eyebrows are big and da 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 and a man want a natural woman and, and, and all of that may be true but baby that's this is what I want you to understand because you're doing all of that doesn't make you any better than anyone else. Society told you that. Society told you that if you were that kind of woman, you were better. But this is what I want you to understand, sis. They just hate women in general. Like, there's just men who really just hate women. And patriarchy is just built on the backs of hating women. So it doesn't matter to a certain extent if you meet all of the metrics that patriarchy sets in place is you still a woman and they still going to treat you as such. So you might as well have fun. You might as well have fucking fun. It doesn't matter what you do, sis. They still going to call you a hoe. It doesn't matter if you speak up for yourself. They still going to call you a bitch. It doesn't matter. You can tell them, oh, yes, I've only had three partners. Every single nigga in their mind immediately multiplies it by three because of stupidity. So just do you, sis, and don't give a fuck about what nobody says. Don't don't care. Don't you have to stop caring what society says because look at you. Following society's rules. You still single, sis. These niggas are still trash, sis. You in church, you following self-help books and relationship gurus telling you how to be a traditional woman you got to clean a little more cook a little more sis no to tell you the truth that's not how it works <sighs> y'all gonna hate me for this one the reason why those quote-unquote hoes get married before you get in a relationship before you get a good man before you is because those women know how to communicate their needs and their wants point blank period being a hoe to a certain extent has nothing to do with the fact that that woman likes to hop from dick to dick or that person likes to hop from person to person. Do you know that there are women who are virgins that get called hoes because of the perception of what hoes do? When you are open and honest and communicative about your sexual needs and desires and wants and the fact that you are not quiet and you're not fucking demure about it, those people just immediately are called hoes. You could have a whole entire hymen, sis, 
you do something that can be perceived as hoish, and it's just gonna call you a hoe. But the thing is, is hoes get married because at the end of the day, niggas got needs as well, and typically their sexual need is at the top of the list. And shockingly, if the woman can communicate her sexual needs and desires and the man can communicate his sexual needs and desires and the two of them can find like some type of middle ground that typically works out for everyone. And because it's very interesting to me that men have yet to just be honest that they really do not like inexperienced women, even though they yell to the top of the mountain that women are not supposed to have so many sexual partners. But you but let's keep it real fellas let's keep it real you get with that inexperienced girl because she's a good girl but the entire time she's sucking your dick you're hoping wishing praying that something happens so she can stop scraping your dick with her teeth because she doesn't know what she's doing and you don't know how to communicate nor do you have the patience to teach her so what do you do you cheat because you also Don't have the communication skills to communicate your sexual needs because you want her to be a good girl. She don't know any better. And that's how good girls go bad. Every single time. I've seen it with my own fucking eyes. Men don't like inexperienced women, even though they say inexperienced women are better. But those are not the women you ultimately are with, is it? But those women have such a big fucking head because they are following all of society's rules that they believe that they are better than women who don't. So when you see women who are not following society rules get society gifts, you're fucking upset. And sis, that's not our fucking problem. That's not our fucking problem. Maybe if you just lived your life for you and stopped thinking how everyone else perceives you, you might actually find your husband and get the family life that you've always wanted. The white picket fence and the minivan, all that shit you want. Hoes get that too because hoes are no less deserving of a good life. Sis, you might want to learn how to pop puss catch you a husband and fellas tell me if I'm wrong I mean you all go out loud tell me I'm wrong but behind closed doors that good girl that you're with that good wife that you married when it gets boring and you need a little action a little flavor a little pizzazz what do you do what do you do do? exactly you go find a little girl that suck your dick from the back why because in your warped ass mind you don't believe that you should have married the hoe, but that's that's the exact that's the exact person that you want. That hoe that listens to your problems and remembers your birthday and knows how to do that little thing with your toes. That girl that you are madly in love with. That girl that you should have just went ahead and married. You don't because your homies say she a hoe or she for the streets. Or some dickhead circulated a video of her and someone else having sex. So now she has this horrible stigma attached to her. That girl that you genuinely love, you allowed everybody else to tell you that she was unworthy. But you loved her and everything about her. But you let everybody else get in your head. 
And now you married the good girl that everyone says you should be with. And you trying to find sloppy toppy for the rest of your life, cheating on your wife from here to everywhere. Because you can't be honest with yourself. So everyone just start being honest with yourself. These scenarios I've seen happen time and time again. Unfortunately, with my friends, they paint it all over in the media. We have case studies from all the celebrities that get caught the fuck up. Hell, it happens in your families with your uncles and your aunties. You see it right in front of you with your cousins. You don't have to go too far. These scenarios are consistent and we see them everywhere because people don't want to be honest with themselves and you all allow everyone else to get in your head about who deserves what. We are all deserving of a good life despite our past and what we enjoy to do in our spare time. So you all need to start getting on your timeline, getting on your own personal timeline. Stop getting in everybody else's fucking business. Get on your own fucking timeline and know that what's for you is for you. And stop comparing everybody else's life. Mind your fucking business. Shit. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Random Realities. And this random reality, I hope, is something that you can put into your pocket and use on your journey and use throughout your day, use whenever you're stressed, whenever your anxiety is super duper high and taking over. I hope you can use a technique called grounding. And grounding is typically an exercise that just connects you to the earth or connects you energetically to the earth. I believe that it is so important for humans to be amongst nature. And I hate nature. And it's really because I have bad allergies. I have seasonal allergies. Like from May to September, I basically have to pop a Claritin every morning just to get through the day. But it's important that we as humans, because we are of the earth, we came from the earth, a lot of the same properties in the earth are in us. We are, what, 80% water? <laughs> earth is covered with like majority of water. So we are earth and earth is us, girl. So I find when I go outside on my morning walk, or if I just put my feet in the sand, put my hands in water, I really try to put my feet in dirt. That's one of the ways I really would like to ground myself. I just need to be connected to the earth because that helps release some stress. That kind of helps bring me back down to earth. If my mind is racing, that helps me understand that I am connected to something else so that my thoughts that are taking over about how I'm not good enough, about all the things I have to get accomplished, everything that's stressing me the fuck out, it helps melt some of that away. So I wanted to give you all three grounding techniques that I use that I think you all can use whenever you find yourself super stressed out, your mind is racing, you can't go to sleep, you just need a moment of solace, you need a moment to just recharge. Try these three tips and let me know if they work for you. So the first one that I typically do is just to get outside. So I like to go on a walk. I like to stand in the sun, get some fresh air, sit in grass. One of the things that I love doing that helps me immediately change my mood is to get outside. 
And if you live in the Midwest or in the East Coast, you understand that outside for us is only about six to seven months before the winter comes, the snow comes, and then going outside is a death sentence. So I like to go outside. I like to connect to the earth because I am earth. I am Mother Earth and Mother Earth is me. And I like to just have a moment of just taking in nature and appreciating all that is around me, appreciating God's creation. Um, Because outside is really, really pretty. I rock with it. My allergies don't, but I rock with it. Another thing that I do to ground myself is meditate. So I like to put on soft music, light my incense, light some candles, get myself into a put myself in a clean atmosphere you know they typically say cleanliness is close to godliness and I am one of those people that when my house is clean I feel so much better so I might straighten up um, you know move negative energy around you're supposed to move items around everything has energy in it you're supposed to move items around you know shake off shake off that stagnant energy and I just want to sit And think about where I want to be in the future. Think about the good that I've done. Think about the things I'm proud of to reshape my mindset out of what is negative into things that are positive. So sitting quiet with music, with like water sounds or forest sounds off of like a playlist, lighting some candles, lighting some incense, just making my what I like to call my bitch cave, just making my bitch cave as comfortable as possible so that I can alleviate stress that I hold from friends, family, work, personal things going on so that I can try and feel better. And the third thing that I do is laugh. So I love watching funny things I probably will watch I will probably watch a new stand-up on Netflix before I watch a new series because I just love to laugh I love to make people laugh I love cracking jokes I have a one of the things on my bucket list is to try amateur night at a stand-up show so what immediately changes my mood is a good laugh so I'll get on TikTok because TikTok has some great funny content I'll watch a couple YouTube creators that make really funny content I'll put on a stand-up I'll put on a show that I know is super funny to me like Insecure or The Office or um, Golden Girls like like Martin Living Single like I'll I'll replay certain reruns like Martin or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or and living single because those little moments make me laugh and a laugh really helps me feel better it changes my mood in like five minutes I go from like super upset to like okay things are getting a little better Uh, my shoulders are not as tense you know I feel happy it releases serotonin I'm not as upset I'm not as stressed and a good laugh really helps me get there so The next time you find yourself super stressed out, worrying about a lot of things, can't go to sleep, try going for a walk, try meditating and try having a good laugh. Like call a girlfriend up or a guy, one of your guy friends up and be like, tell me a joke and just get a good laugh in. And I find that those three things really help me combat burnout from work, which is super serious for me at the moment 
combat just the stress of life and still living through a fucking pandemic and trying to monitor my health, figure out what I can do to feel better on a day-to-day basis because Crohn's disease be kicking my ass. So I'm hoping that sharing some of these tips with you all will help you all on your journey of being healthy, taking care of your mental health, taking care of your physical being, and being a holistic person overall. And that is your random reality for the week. Welcome back, Tackies. Did I just give y'all a name? I think I just gave y'all a name. It just popped into my head and I wanted to call y'all Tacky. (laughs) I actually kind of think that's funny. Welcome back to the Tackless topic of the week. And I'm just going to kind of let this one flow. It's not about anyone specifically. It's just kind of about life in general. So it might sound very esoteric or woo-woo or out of this universe to some of you all, but I came across this thought on my morning walk um, and I'm trying to get out of the house every day and just get into some sun and just get into nature and walk. While I was on my walk, it came to me like just this reoccurring statement of things happen for a reason things happen for a reason things happen for a reason and I know that to be true and I think on my spiritual journey and as I've learned different things in the world and spirituality I am a very big believer that things do happen for a reason and we see that in different types of religion like I I grew up Christian so of course I was always told or had the belief that God's timing is always right or that God gives his most difficult battles to his strongest soldiers. Like we hear those things a lot. I also have learned that those who are a little bit more spiritual do believe in reincarnation. I, to a certain extent, believe in reincarnation. A lot of us do believe that things happen for a reason. God's timing is always right, that you have made agreements in your soul contract that what you go through in this lifetime is a decision that you have made. While thinking through all of that on my morning walk, I came to the realization that even the fucked up things that I've gone through in life, I have to be grateful for because some way, somehow I learned a lesson. I gained clarity. I grew in a way that has made me an individual that I am that I am ridiculously proud of today. And we all experience loss and trauma in one way or another. And a lot of times a lot of us are just kind of like why me or why didn't I do something more? Like we we hold guilt a lot of times when horrible things happen around us or we internalize guilt if something horrible happens to someone else and we feel like we should have said something or stepped in or did more or at peace. I I guess on my walk, I became a little bit more at peace about knowing that things may not go well. Things are 
going to be shitty at times. I am going to feel shitty at times. But life isn't a plateau. It has ebbs and flows, ups and downs, and it swings like a pendulum. One day things are going great. Another day things can be absolutely fucking horrible. But I think reframing how you look at a negative situation has so much to do with how you internalize the emotions that you have. I look at it like this, like, okay, girl, we now know that if we do A, B, and C, we end up in this type of shitty situation. So what we're not going to do is A, B, and C ever fucking again. I've learned the lesson. I see clearly now that the rain is gone and a bitch will do better because when you know better, you can do better. But sometimes we don't know better until we have to live it. And life, unfortunately, is the best teacher. It doesn't matter your mentors or your parents or your grandparents or your big bro or your uncles or your aunties. A lot of times we have to just go through shit on our own to get it. And it doesn't matter your parents or your siblings or your family members or your significant other trying to protect you from the inevitable because you're going to have to go through it. You're going to have to live through something. You're just going to have to live life and life is not easy this shit is hard and as I've gotten older I realized that it doesn't even really matter the amount of money you have life is going to figure out a way to fuck with you <laughs> like you can be like you can have Jeff Bezos money that doesn't mean that that dick is happy you can be the sexiest man in the world you can get all the pussy you want that doesn't mean that nigga happy you probably have people who have less who are more happy I've heard this many in many spaces where wealth was around. But when you hit a certain amount of money, it doesn't matter the quote unquote dollar signs that you have because the motherfucker who has a billion dollars and a motherfucker who has $5 million can both go to the same places, can both go to the same restaurants, can both buy themselves a Mercedes Benz. Of course, when you're ultra, ultra rich, you can do stupid shit, which is why I think people are trying to get to Mars and buy planets and like be the nigga that goes to the lowest depths of the sea is because you realize that you just a regular ass rich nigga because you make $500 billion, but you and the nigga that make $5 million are at the same party. So now you want to do extra shit so you can show off so that people can be reminded that you got the Uber money, the extra, extra money. But you're not happy and you're not fulfilled because you just swinging your dick around doing extra rich nigga shit because you are not happy at the end of the day. Ultimately, money doesn't really bring happiness. Fucking a whole bunch of people and seeing a whole bunch of shit and that doesn't bring happiness. Being the peak athlete doesn't bring happiness. None of those external factors will bring you happiness. You literally have to work it from the inside out. And when we really lean on those external factors, that's what, that's what really fucks us up. Because we have to be able to realize how to manage happiness from within because life happens. Life is super traumatic. And if one day all of those things that externally validated you as a person were to be wiped away, then what are you going to do? Or 
You might go through something so traumatic that the people who brought you happiness are no longer here. Then what do you do? Because we're going to lose people and we're going to lose things and we're going to lose careers and we're going to lose merit in some spaces because that's just life. It's God's timing. It's, it's supposed to happen. It's God's will. You signed up for it. So you have to really get into a space where your core is strong because everything outside of you won't be. You got to be strong for you because shit's going to go down. (laughs) It has to. That's life. But how you respond to it is going to make all the world. How you respond to it is going to be what picks you up the next day or what gets you deeper into a depression. That's why reframing how you look at these things, are it's going to be so important. Going through a traumatic situation or through a traumatic relationship, experience, losing someone. Once you kind of get yourself, because I'm thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Once you have fulfilled some of your physical needs and some of your mental needs, once you have moved away from the traumatic scenario far enough that you can start to do some of that internal work, the first thing you have to say to yourself is, what did I learn from that? If anything, and I think if if you go into the conversation with what did I learn? How will this make me stronger? How will I be better? Instead of the first thought being, which a lot of us, a lot of us, our first thought is, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? What did that take away from me? What do I have left That's those are the questions our mind immediately wants to go to. And I think that doesn't help us because everything we went through was supposed to happen. So now knowing that we were supposed to go through it and now being in a space where we are not in immediate harm or we are not in immediate danger. Then we have to start saying to ourselves, "Okay, how can something like that not happen again? Who do I no longer need to trust? Who do I need to remove? Now I am stronger. Now my spirit of discernment is a couple levels higher. I now will always trust my intuition. That gut feeling, I should have just listened. And know that something like that that you have gone through, if you are learning from it, if you are reframing your mind to say that I will not allow these type of people I will not allow for these type of things to happen or for these type of people to be in my space or I will not give my energy to something like that again, then know that you have become stronger, you have grown from it, and you will look back five years from now, 10 years from now, 20, 30, you will just look back and you will say, man, in the moment, that was some fucked up shit, but man, that made me stronger. Man. That made me who I am today. Now I have wisdom to pass down to others. And like I said earlier, some people are just going to have to learn that same lesson like you did, girl, on their own. And then some people, you are who they've been looking for. You are in their soul contract. You are God's timing. You may share your wisdom with another person 
And that stops them from going through something traumatic and saving their life or helping them or healing them. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't spread wisdom or your message or share your story. For those who need to hear it, they will hear it. And for those who don't hear it, they will learn on their own because that is just how life is. But I really want you all to take away this particular topic this week by understanding that shitty things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. Life sometimes is a mosquito bite and to others, it could be a bullet wound. But how strong you are as a person internally, how strong your core is, how you reframe what you go through, how you reframe your emotions and thoughts around what you go through is going to help you out in the long run. And I am saying that because I've done it for myself and it is the only thing that has helped me get through some very, very low times. And if I can share my message with someone else and help someone else, that that person is better because of it. So just know that what we go through is going to be some bullshit, but it's okay because you'll laugh about it in the future. The people who spited you, the people who have hurt you, the people who counted you out and thought that you weren't ever going to be who you are, weren't ever going to make it. Those people are probably looking at you now and saying, man, I wish I was nicer or I wish I cared or I wish I told that person I loved them when I had the chance. You know, hindsight is 2020. And there's going to be a lot of people who counted you out that are going to come back and say, you know what, I'm sorry. And there are some people who will never give you the apology that you deserve, but you know in the depths of your heart that you were right. And I promise you, baby, they know you were right too. And just make peace with it. Make peace with it and walk away. So make sure that you are drinking your water, that you are setting your goals, and that you are minding your fucking business. And I will see y'all next week.